You are listening to The Wonder Podcast. My name is Lisa Clark, and I'm joined here each episode with my co-host, Chrissy Dunham. And we just want to say thanks for tuning in. Have you ever wondered what the Bible has to say about worry and fear? Have you ever wondered how to decorate an odd-shaped room? Have you ever wondered how to make a quiche with a sweet potato crust? Well, you're in the right place because we talk about all the things. If we don't know the answers to some of life's biggest, most wonderful questions, the guests we have on certainly will. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. Welcome to The Wonder Podcast. My name is Chrissy Dunham, and I am here with my loyal co-minister, Lisa Clark, and we are thrilled to be with you today. Lisa, how are you doing this day? Yeah, I'm doing great. You know, you, you said my my loyal friend. I thought you were talking about your dog, but you're actually no. talking about me. <laughs> no, about my me. dog is very loyal, but I'm talking about you, my friend. Okay, She's good. always faithful to be yes. by my side. Yes, as I we am. Do this podcast together, I, and I'm I very am very excited about the guests that we have today. I'm just going to jump right in because there is so much to talk about. I met this amazing woman a few years ago, and I always believe that the Lord places people in your life for a purpose and a reason. Her name is Shelly, and I may butcher her last name, but Komocheski. Close enough. (laughs) Okay. And she is a sinner saved by grace She is the wife of Ed for 30 years. She is the mom of two daughters, just like Lisa and I, Katie and Emily, the owner of a wiener dog. She's a church girl, an extrovert, a lover of coffee. Amen. She loves junk, music, laughter, friendship, and good conversation, which is why I get along with her so well. (laughs) And she's worked at Josh McDowell Ministries for 25 years. So welcome, Shelly, to the Wonder Podcast. Thank you. It is a joy to be here. Well, we are thrilled to have you here. And just to give you a just a tiny bit of background, because I want her to share the story. I did meet her a few years ago in a Bible study that I host on Monday nights, and I met her through a dear, dear friend, and then I was at Bible study just this past Monday night, and my friend shared some news with me about her daughter, Emily, and I was blown away by the information, immediately got a hold of Shelly because I know the Lord does not waste anything, Mm -hmm. and I know that there is a purpose and a reason Uh, for his plan for our life. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to have her on because you need to hear this story. Mm -hmm. We love to say that the Wonder Podcasts exist to give you joy and encouragement along your Christian walk. And that is what this story will do for you today. So Shelly, why don't you tell us a little bit about your daughter, your daughters? Why don't we talk about both of them for a minute? So I am the mother of two amazing kiddos. Uh, Katie is in college in Minnesota in her second year. And Emily was a junior here in um, McKinney, Texas at Cornerstone Christian. And uh, November 30th of this year, her heart stopped. And um, a few days later, uh, Jesus took her home. And so we're just not prepared as moms to 
to ever bury our children, let alone a 17-year-old in her prime. And so today, well, it is a sad story in many ways. It is also an amazing story of God's goodness, mm. his kindness, and his love toward us. And so I, one of my favorite things in all the world is to be mom. And I was not quite ready to be an empty nester. But God, in his kindness and his love for us, took us on a crazy journey the past few weeks, or past few months, I should say. So tell us exactly what happened. She was a junior in high school. And she is. She is. A... So Emily, we, I, I used to call it her superpower. Emily is this amazing kid with all of this energy. And she loved Jesus. She loved people. She loved relationships. Her most important relationship was uh, to her savior. And she, went, she and I were very close. Uh, in many ways, she was a mini me. <laughs> and uh, she just was vibrant, she, whether it was at work or it was, she had friends all over the globe, as will come out in this story. So she was just this people person. She loved her church family at 1132. Last summer, she went on her first mission trip with Youth with a Mission, YWAM, and that equipped her to live her faith boldly. She um, she just had a heart for Jesus and a heart for missions. During her mission trip last summer, she texted this to a friend. She said, did you know that 40% of the world's population has never heard about Jesus? All in caps. What are we going to do about that? Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> so, this generation looks at this Gen Z and says, oh, only 4% have a biblical worldview. I'm here to tell you that there are kids of this generation who love Jesus and are concerned about the world. They're concerned about their friends. And so that's one of the reasons this is such a sweet, bittersweet story to tell. Uh, so she came back from her mission trip and she's like, all right, I'm going to take a gap here and I'm going to go overseas. And she goes, we need to talk about my future. I said, all right, Emily, let's talk about your future. And she said, well, after I get back, I'll probably move home, get a job, earn some money. And then as far as my future, well, I'm either going to go back to be a missionary, stay here and open a Christian biker bar, whatever that is. <laughs> or Quantico is still on the table because I would make a great FBI agent. So are you getting a feel for this kid? I laughed and said to her what I've told her since she was a little girl. I think you could do all of those things or 300 besides. I can't wait to see how God is going to write. Since both of the girls were little, I prayed fervently that God would write their story. But moms, when we pray that, and it might, he might not write it the way we want beautiful story of trust and his. So little did we know how those next few months would play out. You know, 11th grade is a tough year. They're trying to be independent. They have jobs, they have cars, but they're still on mom and dad's payroll. You're, you know, you're, you, some friend groups are blowing up. Others are blossoming. It's just 11th grade is just really a time of change. And it was a tough, tough season. And though she didn't always walk closely with Jesus, I don't, she would say she never remembers a time where she didn't love Jesus. And she just had a heart for her Savior. In the week before her heart stopped, 
God led her steps in some powerful ways. He gave her the grace to repair friendships, the humility to call and apologize to people over the summer that things had not gone well. She reached out and told those around her how much she loved them. She reached back. It's from elementary. Hey, just checking in to see how you're doing, if you're in a good place. It was just these crazy stories that came out after she was gone. But in fact, the day her heart stopped on Monday afternoon, and the Sunday, so 24 hours before her heart stops, she obeyed God's voice and left church to go to a friend's house. A friend who was a Christian, but really struggling with his faith. He waited over an hour in his driveway so he could, she could look him in the eyes and say, there is a God. He does exist. I mean, seriously, finding this stuff out of the hospital, I mean, like, what do you do with all these beautiful, just beautiful gifts of God to us? It's just, it's just beautiful. So the um, Sunday night or Monday morning, I should say. Uh, in the early hours of the morning, she couldn't sleep, and she got up, and she wrote 13 pages in a journal, single-spaced. And toward the end of this journal, she wrote, I'm ready. This is my time. I'm taking a huge leap of faith writing this, but I trust God with the outcomes completely. So Monday morning, she gets up. She works at a chiropractor's office. There wasn't school that day. And she's like, hey, I'm going to go in and get a few hours. They didn't see patients on Monday. Uh, but Dr. Jones said she could fill in and, and get a few extra hours and catch up on some work. So she went in there. Dr. Jones left around noon to go get them lunch. And during that time, she called a couple friends. She FaceTimed grandma. Uh, she called me at 2.20, 2.20 in the afternoon. She turned on worship music it loud and she danced and she sang and for some reason because of God's love for us he recorded herself full out worshiping 20 minutes later Dr. Jones returns and she is on the floor unresponsive so Dr. Jones begins compression calls 911 and just starts to pray so they shocked her heart they got a pulse but she remained unresponsive so she was rushed to the closest hospital and there they flew her by helicopter to Children's where she stayed in ICU for the next three days, unresponsive and without brain loss. And Chrissy and Lisa, during this time, people prayed. I mean, they prayed from Singapore to the Middle East, to South Africa, across the United States, people prayed. Emily's school hosted a prayer vigil and crowds gathered. Her church hosted a night of prayer and worship and fasting and shared the link so we could play it in Emily's hotel room. It was beautiful. Friends and family blew up social media and people prayed. So how, as a mom, how do we tell a world that's pain that Jesus took her home? And I was sitting there, it was the middle of the night, and I'm like, Lord, how do we do this? How do we touch the lives of these young kids who are all in, praying with dependency, praying with anticipation on God to move? Lord, how do we show your goodness? And I sat down 
And praise God in our weakness, he is so strong. So many times have told me, so many people told me, I can't believe how strong you are. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I am a weak woman with a strong God. So I sat down that morning, and these are the words that we put on social media. Out of his kindness and intense love for Emily, God answered us. We all prayed that she would rise. And God answered. He raised our soul to heaven at 155 this morning. We prayed that she would open her eyes and God answered. She opened her, her eyes and she smiled into the eyes of her Savior. We prayed she would live and God answered. She now lives with him for eternity. Our family is devastated and we know you are too. It's okay to feel deeply. And as I write this, I'm crying, the ugly red face, not most cry. We all love Emily. And as I sob, the Lord reminds me that we grieve with hope. Her death is not the final word. Jesus spoke the final word when he died and rose again. It's the word of life for those of us who have placed our faith in him. We will spend eternity with him and Emily. And I imagine with joy and day. We get to heaven. And after falling into the arms of our Savior, Emily will be waiting for us, eyes dancing, full of energy, laughing her big, bold laugh and saying, It's about time you got here. Do we have adventures for you? Wow, Shelly. Just, um, you know, so many things resonate with me in this. And um, I've watched several friends lose a spouse and a child and it's unfathomable, right? You just don't see it as part of your story and you certainly didn't see it in yours, but I know you've thought about this a hundred times, but as you recount this, it's almost like she knew it's almost like God had prepared her for it with the reconciliation and the checking on people and the visits and the phone calls and the dancing. I mean, there is so much about that that is just beautiful that in her last week of life that she was just completely um, had offered herself up to the Lord. And um, I mean, I know as a mom, as hard as that is, and as gut wrenching as it is, wow, the immense joy of knowing that your child, your child knew Jesus, lived for him and is with him. I mean, wow. She wrote in her journal this, and we put this on the back of the program. We'll talk about her celebration of life in a second, but she wrote this the night to them. So Monday morning early, she said, my life goal is to embody Christ. Mm. I want my life so closely intertwined with the Lord that when they talk about me, they have to talk about Christ. Wow. And look what we're doing. Yes. Incredible. I love that. I love that. I also, I know I want you to talk about the service and all that took place when you celebrated her life. I also want you to talk about what you wrote on her coffin. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, so, so we had about a week, um, before, between when she passed to plan a celebration of life service. And it was the hardest. And at the same time, the most beautiful thing I have ever had the privilege of working on because we had these journal entries and we had 
this this worship video that she recorded and her friends at 1132 all of her close friends are just worship and it truly was a celebration of life so it was held at her church 1132 and it was standing room only along the sides along the back it was crazy over 500 people showed up at that location we streamed it online and were live at three different churches across the united states Today, I think over 2,500 people have watched that service, and it, <laughs> it was worship. It just was beautiful. So the song that she ended um, singing was um, the song, Hallelujah, Even Now. Hallelujah, when the storm is relentless. Hallelujah, even now. So that's the last song. So we sang that as a congregation mm. and then played her singing to that at the very end. It was just this beautiful, like, what what do you give a God who has everything? You give him thanks, thankfulness, Mm -hmm. and gratitude. It was such a beautiful service. Afterwards, uh, this teenage boy comes up and he goes, Shelly, I've been a believer all my life, and I have never felt did enough. And I said, and that, and that would make Emily the happiest thing you could ever say to her. It was lovely. So at the very end of the service, Ed and I got up and said a few words and thanked people for their prayers and their support. And I said, I shared the little um, thing I just shared earlier about what she wanted to do with her life, you know, and um, giving God the pen to write her story. And uh, I said, speaking of pens, I said, we have some silver Sharpies. As Emily has left her mark on you, would you write a final word on her coffin? And so um, there were a bunch of silver pens and it was a black coffin. It was just the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It was covered with words Mm. and just notes of how she had impacted their lives. One boy said, I never met you. I came with my sister for the first time. I might want to know your God. Wow. <laughs> okay. Wow. So watching God's hand in this was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And these kids going, what are we going to do without her? And out of my, the very last song we sang is called Gratitude by Brandon Lake. And it's this beautiful song that says, what do we have to give a king except for a heart that sings hallelujah? Hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but it's all we can give. And then the bridge of that song is so much like my girl. It says, come on, my soul. Don't you get shy on me. Lift up your voice, for you have a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. After everything was done, the coffin was full, but they had they had left the flowers at the top. So the family got to write on the top where the flowers were. And so there were two things I got to write. Um, my my oldest daughter Katie has beautiful penmanship, and she did this beautiful two and a half foot gratitude. And underneath we wrote the lyrics of that, "Come on, my soul, don't you get shot at me." 
and get up and praise the Lord. It was beautiful. And then on the top, I got to write um, a little message. When the kids were little and I tucked them in at night, I would say the same thing to them. Um, I love you. I am for you. And I am your biggest fan. And my greatest prayer is that you love the Lord your God with your heart and mind. I got to put that. You got to see it. You got to see it and, and experience it. And you got that confirmation. And so many parents don't get that. You know, they, if they were to lose a child, they, they live the rest of their life wondering. And um, you got that. And God gave you that very, very personal and special gift in the life of your daughter. And now it's the weird thing about death because um, it's exactly what Paul said to live as Christ, to die is gain. Die is and, gain. And that is what that's what you're experiencing. That's what you're experiencing now. And so talk to us about the last few months living with your with the reality of the loss of your child. And as a parent, I, I mean it's everybody's greatest fear, I guess. And uh so how has life looked in the past three, three, four months for you guys. And what is your new normal like? New normal we're still working on. Yeah. Um, and I think we will for a while. I think it's very interesting that not a day that has gone by since Emily's been gone, not one day and sometimes numerous times a day, teens will reach out to me from some people I've never even met from Minnesota, from Oregon, from from South Africa. And, and sometimes it's, Hey, heard the song and thought of Emily. Sometimes yeah. it's, Hey, I got a job period. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so I'm finding the avenues are so very, very sweet to speak into people's lives. And so it took me a little bit of time to try to figure this out. And here's where I am with this and really praying about how to minister to these kids and how to reach them. But I think teenagers are invincible. <laughs> you know, eternity is out there somewhere. You know, heaven is out there somewhere. Right. Invincible, right. We have a whole lives ahead of us. Yeah. And then when this bigger than life personality is healthy one minute and gone the next, it's like, wait a second. Uh, what do we do with this? And so uh, at the funeral, we had magnets and stickers made that said, life is short, eternity is long, make it count. And I think that's what people are trying to look at. Like, okay, our, world's, our world has changed. All of a sudden, eternity isn't out there. It's like here. And we realize how short life is. How then do we live? How do we keep our eyes on Jesus? And so there is a boldness to our living right now. There is a boldness to my conversation with people. It's like, I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. I want to make this count. I want to make today count. I want my, I want to invest my life in things that matter a hundred years from now, or dare I say a thousand years from now. And a thousand years from now, only three things matter. People, the word of God, and our relationship. So those are the things we're looking at, we're clinging to. Uh, I have learned that gratitude, anxiety, and depression really can't live in a heart that's full of gratitude. And I know that that's a 
it sounds so much easier to say than live. And sometimes we fight for that gratitude. Jesus, you're who you say you are. You are good. That was voice in that. And and all of a sudden, worship becomes the weapon of which we fight discouragement. Lord, this isn't how it should have gone. Wait a second. If the gospel is advancing, the difference between joy and happiness, happiness is a feeling that, Mm. a pleasure feeling that's fleeting and gone, where joy is almost more of a spiritual discipline that says, even here, God can be at work. Even now, the gospel is on the move. And so we live in that joy. Lord, you waste nothing. You're not going to waste my pain. And you're up to something. And people who are hearing the story who have never even thought of eternity is thinking of you in a different way. There's joy to be found there at the same time that my heart is missing my girl. Amen. I love all that. And, you know, the Lord doesn't waste anything. And I love how you wrote to all of her friends and people that had been praying that the Lord did answer our prayers and that he is good. No, it's not what we wanted, but it was his plan and it is advancing the gospel. And at the end of the day, that is what we want because hundreds and I would bet thousands of lives are being changed and transformed because of her. I also know that she volunteered at her church, which a lot of teenagers don't take the time to do. They don't serve. Share with us about her serving with the children at your church. So 1132 is this amazing place and she just dove in. And so she dove in and she was going to, she's like, where do I serve? And I said, Emily, you're 17 serve everywhere. And it'll become very much apparent to you uh, that is not my gift set. Or you'll see someone else using that you keep watching. Why am I watching that person? Well, you're watching them because they're using your gift sets. And and so you're going to look at that and go, I, I, I want to use that. I want to grow in this area. And so she dove in. She loved all her little kids. So she did the hospitality team and she did Sunday school with the preschoolers. And she had a ball with them and got to teach them about what worship looks like through story, through song, through Bible verses. They would learn their little Bible verses and she'd record them saying it. It was just precious. And so it was really fun to watch her start stepping into, hey, God gave us gifts for the expansion of the church and for expansion of the gospel. I'm 17. That doesn't mean I don't step into it. And so she served and she served well. And it was really fun to watch her. And I know that those little children will never forget her and their lives are changed. And as I've um, heard this story that she has affected people all ages, all walks of life, not just here in the McKinney, Dallas, Fort Worth area, but all over the world, because the Lord gave you an assignment of working with Josh McDowell for over 25 years. So when you put out the cry to pray for Emily, all of those people are touched. So it just goes on and on and on and on 
with the 17-year-old and the impact that she is making on the kingdom. And I love every detail that you've done. And I love what you said to them when you laid them down at night. And I know that you loved those girls well, and you still love on Katie. So this story is a story of encouragement. It's a story of hope, and it's a story of joy. Yeah. And you have you have served our Savior well with the way that you have reacted to this. And of course, there's going to be tears. And of course, there's going to be sad days and all of the human things that you are going to walk through. But at the end of the day, she did what matters. Yeah. So I pray that this is a wake-up call for us to tell the story, to have conversations with people that we may have struggles with. And when you talked about how, you know, friend groups, especially with girls, I just had this conversation with a girl that I work with that her daughter is in seventh grade and all the friend issues are starting to happen and all the drama with girls. And it's going to happen because we're human. And I love that the Lord placed on her heart to go have conversations and to send text messages and to check on those people. And uh, there's a theme here that I'm watching in the pattern of her life that I want to pattern. Mm -hmm. So I have been encouraged by these words and by the story of Emily. Christy, on the back of the program that we did for her celebration of life service, we put a bunch of pictures of her um, and then we put Emily's challenge to you. And we said, and I took all of this coming from Emily's words because it came straight from her journals and her writings to her friends who don't have a relationship with Jesus. Emily wants to tell you, God is real. He loves you. You can trust him with your life. You are not too far gone. God in his kindness is ready to step into your story and make it new. And to our Christian friends who have always known about Jesus, Emily wants you to know you can't live your faith until you actually believe it. God told me to call you to a higher level of faith, a faith that gives God the the pen to write your story, a faith that says, I will not waste the years I've been given make them count for eternity. Isn't that sweet? Beautiful. 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 Yeah. Y'all used every opportunity you were given to reflect Jesus Christ. And you did a beautiful job of it, of honoring your daughter, of honoring the Lord. They're together now. And it, what a glorious reunion that will be one day for your family, Shelly. So, um, so sweet. So sweet. So sweet. So thank you for Uh, coming on and sharing with us and just giving us hope. I mean, that's all we have, right? That's all we have in this life is the hope of Jesus Christ. So thank you for sharing that today and how real that has been and how that's manifest in your family over the last few minutes. So God bless you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. We are thrilled that you've spent this time with us and uh, just want to say thank you. We also want to make sure you're aware that we have another podcast called Raising Sinners. It's on the Christian Parenting Network, and we would love for you to join us there, too. If you've got kiddos or know someone who does, check us out at Raising Sinners, the podcast for parents. 
And lastly, Chrissy and I also want to just thank those of you who have been so generous to support our podcast ministry. If you're interested in doing that, we would love for you to go to chrissydunham.org and click on the party table. You can make any size donation and all of those proceeds go to help us with our podcast ministry. So if you've done that before, we thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you'd like to check it out, please do. So God bless you. And thanks again for listening to this episode of The Wonder Podcast.